Welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's been a little bit. It has. Uh, sorry we missed last week. Uh, I was not feeling great and uh, still not 100%, but hanging in there. Significantly better. Yes. <laughs> There's been quite a bit of allergy stuff going around, so... Yeah, it's been real gross. Well, uh, the previous time we met, we uh, hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the anime that we rolled is called Our Love Has Always Been 10 Centimeters Apart, which is quite a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so getting into the background on this show is pretty complicated. Uh, <laughs> so buckle in, and uh, I'll do my best to try to decipher what's going on here. Um, there is a Japanese band that's called Honeyworks. And believe it or not, this ties into our show quite uh, explicitly. (laughs) Uh, Honeyworks produces songs with vocaloids. If you're not familiar with what a vocaloid is, it is a piece of software that lets you perform uh, singing the same way that you would kind of perform with a synthesizer. They use big banks of vocal samples, kind of like, uh, you know, how your Siri or your Alexa type device has a big bank of uh, samples that they use to recreate someone speaking. It's kind of like that, but for singing. Uh, And there are multiple voices that are associated with that software, uh, which are samples based on different performers. So you're probably familiar with uh, vocaloids like Hatsune Miku, who's the most popular. Uh, Honeyworks has appeared in several anime before. Uh, They produced opening or ending music for a few shows. But what's going on here is that they actually produced a series of songs in 2011 and put music videos for them up on the internet. And this series of songs is called uh, Confession Executive Committee Love Series, which is pretty great. (laughs) Another mouthful. These songs uh, tell love stories about a number of third-year high school students. There are actually quite a few songs in the series, um, and they all kind of have interconnected stories and characters involved. And here's the important part. Uh, The concepts and characters behind the songs were eventually used in two full-length anime films. And uh, the first one had the title, I've Always Liked You, which is nice. And the second one is called The Moment You Fall in Love. Finally, in 2007, they premiered the show that we watched, which is a six-episode anime series called Our Love Has Always Been Ten Centimeters Apart. Now, because this show is only six episodes long, we watched the entire series, mm-hmm. which means we are defo going to get into spoilers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you are interested in this show, just note that we're going to be talking about pretty much everything that happens. Yeah, so high school students Mio and Haruki have been friends since they met on orientation day in their first year. Sharing a passion of the arts, these two have practically been inseparable, but never able to express their true feelings for one another. Now, as third-year students preparing to chase after their different dreams, it seems like they will always remain 10 centimeters apart. So obviously, um, the majority of the show is about the characters because that's kind of where the songs came from is Mm -hmm. uh, stories about these characters. And uh, I believe it was actually like one vocaloid would represent a character Mm -hmm. and another vocaloid would represent a different character. And they would kind of have conversations back and forth. and. That would be like what the song was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very character driven in the show. Mm-hmm. So with this being such a character driven show, uh, what do you think of the characters overall? Um, overall, they're pretty likable. Um, you know, you can relate to them. Sometimes it's a little hard because they are teenagers. So 
Sometimes they can be a little immature. Um, but the two main characters, uh, Mio and Haruki, are um, really likable. Um, that I thought Mio, uh, on one hand, she's supposed to be your most average person, right? So she has super brown hair, brown eyes. She's doesn't the way she's drawn. She doesn't look particularly interesting. Um, she's just kind of drawn like a normal high school girl and her personality matches that exactly. She's pretty average. She's quiet. She's reserved. She doesn't really put herself out there. In fact, oftentimes she uses the phrase someone like me to put herself down. So she'll be like, oh, well, you know, they, they wouldn't like someone like me into an art school. So I'm not going to apply and she's just she just sees herself as the most average person ever which makes her relationship with Haruki very interesting because he is her exact opposite he's super popular he's really loud he's kind of in your face he's always getting excited about some part of a film that he's doing or a shot that he could do um even the way that he's drawn he has this blonde blonde hair and he's just interesting. Everyone at school loves him. Girls fawn over him. And he actually reminds me of Jake Ryan from 16 Candles, if you remember that movie. No. <laughs> so um, in 16 Candles, Jake Ryan's the most popular kid in the school. And he's dating, like, the, the head cheerleader. And for some reason, he falls in love with Molly Ringwald's character, and she's the most average person. And it's just sort of this fantasy. And so Haruki's kind of set up in the same way of this really popular, ideal kind of guy falling in love with the most average girl. And so it was interesting to me to see that kind of fantasy play out for an average girl to have a guy who's super popular kind of have feelings for her. There are a couple main hooks for both of those characters, mm -hmm. uh, Haruki and Mio being kind of the focus of the show overall. Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems from what we can tell that some of the characters uh, who are kind of background in this show got more focus in the films or in uh, other sorts of media. Yeah. But these two, um, Haruki, his aspiration seems to be a filmmaker. Yep. So the majority of the show is spent uh, with him working with his film club at school, mm -hmm. and they're trying to put together a final project before they graduate this year. Mm -hmm. And then Mio, uh, something about her uh, from her background is that when she was real young, uh, she almost drowned. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of this big moment for her when somebody saved her, pulled her out of the water, mm -hmm. and she has never met this person or she doesn't remember because it was she was pretty young. Yeah. Um, it's like he said, she's always kind of second place, super average at everything. Uh, the someone like me thing kind of gets on your nerves a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I did like about that part as her character is that she eventually does resolve to like, hey, I'm going to stop doing this. Like yeah. people keep telling me I I amount to more than just, you know, this somebody who no one cares about. I'm actually going to take that advice and, like, try to be something without just kind of standing in the background. Yeah. Um, Haruki and some of her friends, who we'll talk about in a little bit, 
they repeatedly tell her like, hey, stop, stop saying that. Like, stop saying someone like me because you're, you're better than that. And kind of along those lines, too, she apologizes all the time. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you do this, though. Like, just every minute, like, oh, sure. something goes wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's my fault. Mm-hmm. No, you weren't even there. Like, yeah. what are you apologizing for? Which I think probably stems from, like, her... Because fo- what happened was she, like, fell in a river, and that's how she, like, started drowning. Um, I think that's something that's kind of carried with her is like this idea of like she's having to be rescued and she can't rescue herself. And so she's always saying like, I'm not worth this or like, don't please don't go out of your way. Like, I'm just going to I'm just going to, you know, stay in this little little corner off over here and nobody pay attention to me because she doesn't want to be a burden. There's a a character who doesn't really come up a whole lot um, in terms of actually being present in the show, but they talk about all the time. Mm hmm. And that is Aki, mm-hmm. who is uh, Haruki's brother. And we come to find out that his brother passed away several years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, through some flashbacks and, and conversations with other characters, you find out that Aki is pretty much like identical to Haruki. They even look the same. They look very similar. Um, Except several years apart. Yeah. They have similar aspirations as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aki was a huge film buff, and he, he had this really nice camera that he had, and mm-hmm. he liked to uh, do films and watch films and analyze films, mm-hmm. and he kind of passed that love on to his brother when he was young. Mm-hmm. And then when he passed away, um, Haruki took the camera, mm-hmm. and that's where he started doing that. Yeah. When they first introduce Aki and they start talking about him, they don't actually reveal that he's dead. Yeah, they don't use like past tense words when referring to him. Right. But it it was pretty quickly obvious to us. We're like, oh, Aki is super dead. Mm -hmm, They're mm -hmm. talking about this guy, but uh, his friends like Mio have never met him for some reason. Yeah. Clearly, um, he's dead. Yeah, they barely even, it seemed like she was surprised to learn he had a brother. Yep. Even though they had been friends for years. Yep. Which that kind of started the train rolling of these two have a really weird relationship. Yes. And they don't actually like talk about anything. Which is weird because it says like they talk about how they walk home together every day and they talk all the time. And yet it seems like it's not really of anything of substance. No value at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Likewise, um, Mio has gone this whole time since the incident where she almost drowned and has no idea who this person who saved her was. Sure. But everyone else knows who it is. Right. So she eventually asks her mom and is like, who is this person who saved me all those years ago? Mm -hmm. Probably should have asked this earlier. (laughs) And eventually um, her mom starts walking her to like go meet this person. Mm Mm-hmm. And we immediately were like, oh, it's going to be Aki. Mm-hmm. Aki is going to be the person who saved her. Yep. And they're going to like take her to a grave site. Mm-hmm. And she's going to have this big revelation. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what happened. Yeah, we especially figured out when they went and... Because at first we're like, oh, she's going to meet this guy. And it's going to be like a love triangle thing. And then her mom takes her to buy flowers before visiting this guy. And we're like, oh, he's dead. Because why would you take flowers yep. to a random guy if if you're not going to a gravesite? It just seemed very clear to us that, that this guy was 
was dead. Which causes this huge issue uh, between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, where she goes into grief mode mm-hmm. of finding out that her best friend's brother is dead and that he was the one who saved her all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And she's responsible for his death and all of this stuff. Which, something we haven't talked about is that Aki was actually sick. He was. Um, he had some, it never says what it is, but he had some sort of illness that he was in the hospital Multiple Regularly. times. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he had been in and out of the hospital. And at one point when he was out, he saved her. And then it put him back in the hospital. And he, it doesn't even directly say that he died because he saved her. Right. He just had this ongoing sickness and that kind of complicated things. But as part of her general, like, victim complex and, mm-hmm. and the whole... Thing where she doesn't want to burden everyone, she assumes that she is the cause of this guy's death. Instead of talking, right? she keeps it a secret Yeah, and decides not to tell him. She doesn't go to school for days mm-hmm. and she won't talk to anyone when she's there. Mm-hmm. And um, Haruki is like, what, what the crap? What happened? Mm-hmm. Like, you won't talk to me anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything, so... Yeah. Yeah, and she then decides, we can't be friends anymore. Yeah. And she tells him, like, it's better that you don't know me. And then they don't speak for months. Which ultimately kind of makes me feel like every single decision these characters make (laughs) are so nonsensical. Well, they're just really immature. (sighs) I would like to think that, but I I don't think that makes sense in this case. Um, I think they just legitimately... The creators, possibly, mm-hmm. even, mm-hmm. didn't really think about all of these things. I guess for me, like, working with teenagers, this is exactly how teenagers would respond, is just thinking, like, because I indirectly did this horrible, terrible thing, I deserve to be punished, and I'm going to punish myself. Instead of being mature and saying, oh my gosh, I found out this information about how our lives are connected, and I'm so sorry... I didn't know. <laughs> I guess. Maybe I hung out with different uh, teenagers. but That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Uh, we'll briefly touch on some of the other characters. Uh, mm-hmm. They aren't a big focus for the show. No. No, they're much more prominent in the other movies, um, apparently. So she has a couple friends uh, that she spends most of her time with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natsuki, who's kind of uh, she has brown hair. It's in a bun. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is kind of a big focus for, I think, one of the movies. Yes. Uh, and then she has a friend, Akari. Mm-hmm. And then he has friends in the film club, mm-hmm. uh, Yu and Sota. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Natsuki, she has a big crush on Yu, mm-hmm. uh, who's been her lifelong friend. Their neighbors. And it seems kind of by the time the series starts, since we haven't seen the movie, mm-hmm. uh, they've kind of got their act together. Yeah. It seems like uh, they have a normal relationship. Mm-hmm. They talk about things. Mm-hmm. They hang out together mm-hmm. outside of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not actually like visibly confessing their love to each other or they're not like boyfriend, girlfriend, but they seem to have a normal, healthy relationship as far as we can tell. Yeah, they seem to like each other, but um, at one point she does tell 
her friends like, oh, no, we're just neighbors and we've just we're just friends, like really good friends. But everyone can see that there's something going on. And then uh, Akari and Sota also have a little bit of a crush. Um, mm-hmm. They don't spend a whole lot of time on this couple at all. Um, no, they're pretty they're pretty new. We actually see their kind of first interactions in the right middle the of the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Um, they're likewise bad at sharing their feelings with each other, just mm-hmm. like all the other high schoolers. Mm-hmm. But I, like the title of the show, mm-hmm. which we I guess we haven't really talked about, mm-hmm. comes from the fact that the two main love interests mm-hmm. um, obviously have feelings for each other but cannot express it at all. Yep. And part of that is that they keep wanting to, like, hold hands, mm-hmm. but they never will. They'll always be 10 centimeters apart. Yeah. And we see towards the end of the show that uh, when Akari and Sota kind of have their first interaction is like, hey, I, I'm kind of interested in you. Mm-hmm. They immediately, like, grab hands and mm-hmm. it's totally not a big deal. Right. Uh, just this is this is what I'm saying of, like, <laughs> the rest of the people in the show have these kinds of normal interactions and... Okay. Things aren't that weird and ridiculous and over the top. Mm-hmm. And it seems like those two just can't seem to get their act together. Sure. So do you want to talk a little bit about the kind of end of the show and what happens after? So um, so these two are, this all takes place over their third year of high school. So they're both preparing for life after high school. Um, Haruki especially wants to go to the United States to go to film school, compete in different film competitions. And um, Mio kind of doesn't want to do much of anything. She doesn't think she'll get accepted into any art school. So she decides like, oh, maybe I'll just work. Um, But eventually she decides that she is going to go to art school and pursue her dream. And nothing really gets resolved between them. Yeah. Um, so they have this big blow up because she's not talking to him. And eventually she decides she's going to, I guess, talk to him again and tell him the, the you know, the truth that that his brother was the one that saved her and that she feels responsible for his death. And he gets really mad at her. Yeah. Because he's like, why didn't you just tell me this? Like, did you really think I was going to hate you for this thing? Like, that you have no idea, like, all the other stuff related to this. And we don't really ever see a resolution to that. They just kind of are kind of okay with each other. Um, And they go their separate ways. Yep. Until (laughs) there is a prompt on screen that says, seven years later. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of... Both, I think, facepalmed at that point because (laughs) the show had just reached uh, basically a point of zero resolution where both of these characters were never going to see each other again. She sends him a text Mm -hmm. right before he gets on an airplane Mm -hmm. to go to America and Mm -hmm. is like, I'll wait for you as long as it takes, basically. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) he never responds. Nope. Not for seven years, yeah. y'all. Seven, seven years. Seven years we rejoin the characters. Uh, Akari and Sota are now dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a normal uh, dating relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, Natsuki and you are engaged at this point. Yep. And <laughs> th- 
the other two are just kind of doing their thing. Yeah. So Mio is a teacher at the school that they used to go to. So she's a high school art teacher. And um, Haruki is still in America and he's doing movies. And right at this point, they kind of find out that he had just won this big award mm-hmm. uh, for some film project that he had worked on. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point that he decides to come back to Japan mm-hmm. and surprise her. Yep. And literally just be like, what's up? Yeah, that's actually exactly what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's basically like, I wanted you to be the first person I told about this amazing award that I won. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I already heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he confesses his love to her. Yep. And they touch. Yep. And that's the end of the show. Yep. I actually feel like the story would have been stronger had they ended and not done the seven year. Mm-hmm. The seven year feels good. It's like, oh, yay, warm fuzzies because they got together. Yay. Um. But I think I think it would have been kind of this beautiful, tragic story if they had never breached that 10 centimeters. Yeah. We'll probably get into that a little bit more in our mm-hmm. general thoughts and, and uh, a little bit later. But yeah. uh, what do you think of kind of the production values um, in terms of animation, music mm-hmm. and all that? Well, <laughs> it's interesting that, you know, we've talked about the history um, of this series involving like the Vocaloid music, um, I did not feel that it really stood out at all. Like, I don't know. There, I, I thought I thought it would be more interesting. Um, so I thought we were going to be hearing, like, I don't know, some some sort of really interesting kind of music in the background. And I didn't. I, I don't know if it just wasn't very prominent, or I just kind of missed it. Yeah, it seems weird to me that this is supposed to be so heavily influenced by these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, they were featured in okay. the show, like uh, the opening and ending animation animations oh. had music that was sure. uh, part of that series of, of songs. Mm-hmm. That said, I think that they swapped out the, the vocaloids with the actual voice actors from the show. Oh. So to fill the roles that the vocaloids would have taken in the songs. Oh, now see, that would make sense. But I feel like it would have been way cooler if they had kept the Vocaloid. Then it would have said something. It would have um, kind of made a statement with the show. Overall, I know I know very little about this band or mm-hmm. Vocaloids in general. And there's a huge culture around Vocaloids mm-hmm. and songs and characters that um, are portrayed through Vocaloids. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You're right. It wasn't very prominent in this. Mm-hmm. And my kind of general feelings on Vocaloids is like I appreciate the technology. And it's really interesting to me as a, a music producer and a software engineer that they're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't particularly like to listen to them, though. Sure. Fair enough. Because it's, it's an effect right. uh, more than anything. When I heard that this was a Vocaloid kind of based show, Mm -hmm. what I was expecting was more of what you hear in the Paprika soundtrack. Yes. If you remember any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a Satoshi Kon film, um, really, really interesting movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And most, if not all, of the soundtrack in that is a Vocaloid. Mm -hmm. And it's 
it's used as an effect to like show that this is a dream world and it's weird and it's interesting and unique and dynamic. And uh, none of that was what this music was. Right. This was just like straight generic alternative rock songs Mm -hmm. with uh, some singing over it about love and feelings and stuff. Yeah. So it was fine. Mm -hmm. The music wasn't bad. No. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I expected it to be more of a focus than it was. Uh, this isn't the only area that I felt like they kind of fell short. Um, in the animation, while the character designs are fine, um, they're, you know, they're, they're clean. They look fine. Um, something that really kind of frustrated me is that both the main characters, actually all the characters are involved in art. Um, the boys are all involved with the film club at school and all the girls are involved in the art or mostly like drawing and painting um and it really felt like they could have done something with that like they could have used some really cool film i don't know like stylistic sort of thing it could be more like bakemono guitari <laughs> yeah actually that's <laughs> kind of what i was thinking it was like they could have done more with the like camera work to make it feel more like hey not only do these characters care about like the way that things look and how things are filmed, you get a you get a feel of that by watching this. And the art felt the same way too, is that these girls are supposed to be like pretty good artists. But when you see the paintings that they draw, you're just kind of like Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and I really wish they would have paid attention to that detail. I really wish they would have put in that little bit, even if it felt a little disjointed to put in so much effort into the art and less so into the character design, it would have been worth it because then it would have been this thing that stood out to you and really connected you with the characters. And I felt like they kind of missed that. Yeah. Overall, the, the kind of look of the show is a, it seems like a a really high budget sort of production, um, and I imagine that's because it was only six episodes mm-hmm. and it wasn't on a release schedule. It was just like, hey, we made these shows. Now we're going to show them. Yeah. Instead of like, we've got an episode and then we have to work tirelessly to get the <laughs> next one done in time. Right. Um, so this kind of comes out looking more like a- an anime film than mm-hmm. it does a show, mm-hmm. which is nice in some ways. Sure. Uh, but that said, the the artistic direction that they took was a lot of pastels, mm-hmm. a lot of really soft colors, yep. um, you know, a lot of wind and sparkling and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. Um, I also noticed, like, because of the, the general softness of the show, of how soft everything looked, sometimes it almost looked blurry. Yes. Yes. And I don't know, you know, sometimes animes will do that. Um, that sort of effect when somebody is like, oh, I'm in love. And I don't know if that's intentional or not um, to kind of have that blurred effect. I'd be interested to see if the animation style is the same in the movies as it is in the show. Um, if if they took extra time to make things cleaner or if that's an intentional design that they were going for. Yeah. All right, so to wrap us up, what are your general likes, dislikes, and uh, final thoughts? Uh, I have a couple of things. Okay. Um, one thing that really kind of bummed me out about the side characters is that they also kind of don't have much personality. The girls have at least a little bit more than the boys do. Um, I think the girls, 
uh, her friends um, have more personality to contrast her lack of personality, whereas the boys have very little personality to amplify Haruki's personality. So they're always talking about how amazing he is, how talented he is. And it seemed like if you were going to have this sort of ensemble cast, you should really develop all the characters. And we know that they have some personalities because they're the center of the movie. So it feels like you just didn't bring them in because you wanted to focus on some other people. And that that kind of felt like a letdown. Yeah, I think this show in particular was based on like two songs off yeah. of the entire list of all those mm-hmm. the the music that was made in the same series. So we're getting this super zoomed in look. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like you're missing a big piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And and at that, a really zoomed in piece on something very <laughs> not all that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things about their relationship in particular that frustrated me is that um, when we're introduced to these characters, they already know each other. And um, that would be fine and dandy if they actually knew each other. Um, so we're told, like, they're best friends, they hang out, they they walk home together every day, they're talking all the time, they spend all their time together, everybody thinks they're dating. And yet, she didn't reveal to him that she almost drowned as a kid, yep. and that she often has these dreams about the person that saved her, but she can't remember his face. And that he had an older brother that he was really close to who died. And they don't know that about each other. That's something that we see, uh, something that they explain that we see in the series. And it it sort of feels like, why are you guys pining after each other? Like, you don't really seem to know each other at all. And it doesn't really seem to be based on anything other than the fact that they just want to be paired together. I think that could have even been remedied if they had just expanded the timeline a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Instead of cramming this into one semester of school, Mm -hmm. you know, what if when they first met Mm -hmm. and they're slowly learning this stuff about each other and these conflicts are happening over months and months rather than this one short period of time. Yeah, which it's weird because they do tell us, they show us that these characters have known each other we actually see when they meet each other and it's their first year of their first semester of high school. So this is three years that they've known each other by the end of the series. So two years when we jump in on them. Two years of friendship and you don't talk about this stuff? That seems so weird. You're right. It feels very rushed. Overall, I'm not particularly interested in, in romance shows uh, in general. That is where you and I differ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've seen a few um, mm-hmm. in anime format that I enjoyed or sure. I found interesting in some way. Yeah. Uh, I think of titles like Clonade or mm. Toradora. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not one of those <laughs> so far. Um, no. one, one advantage I think that the show has that I will give it credit for is that it condenses itself into a six-episode series, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So all of this nonsense, the, the will they, won't they, mm-hmm. which I super, super don't like about these shows. Mm-hmm is condensed into a format that seems reasonable. Yeah, the pacing of the show, while, you know, I think, I I don't know, I felt this in the first episode. I was like, ooh, this is taking a bit. Yeah. Um, When you watch through the series, 
you can appreciate the pacing at the very beginning of like, oh, okay, this is okay. Because it does have this really beautiful arc to it. Um, and things ramp up pretty quickly. And then, you know, they, they go through what's a pretty normal romantic arc. And it, it was something that I, I felt... I would agree is the six episodes is a is a really good segment for that. It's, it they paced it pretty well. I think that contrasts with a lot of anime that I don't like where mm-hmm. they drag this stuff out over 24 48 episodes, however long it takes. Mm-hmm. And the the only pull to the show really is will these characters get together or not? Sure. And in the you know episode 48 they kiss. Yeah. So I guess it's worth it. Sure. Um that isn't reasonable to me. I have no interest in watching that for that long. Sure. Uh, that said, the we already talked about how the pacing played against them in mm-hmm. the sense that the characters don't actually make sense together. They don't yeah. really get to know each other. Yeah. Um, overall, I think the, the two people that they do choose to focus on in mm-hmm. this show are very unhealthy and not, <laughs> not especially likable. Mm. At least... Uh, I didn't like them, and I think the show was trying to tell me that I should. Sure. Um, So the fact that she makes a decision as a high schooler, Mm -hmm. I'm going to wait for you no matter (laughs) what, as long as it takes. Mm -hmm. And she gets out of high school. She Mm -hmm. gets a job. She has a normal life. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't eventually decide, hey, that was a really dumb decision. I don't (laughs) think I want to just sit here and not do anything about it. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speak to you, mm-hmm. text you. We're not going to communicate at all while you're away. Yeah. But I'm just going to still hold on and mm-hmm. not see other people, not have a real friend life or anything. Sure. I think that's crazy and ridiculous. See, that's why I thought it should have ended um, before. I, I wish they hadn't done the seven years later thing. I wish they would have just ended it right when he goes off to America. That or they acted like normal people and spoke to each other while he was in America. Sure. Either of those two options would have been better. <laughs> sure. Sure. I, I mean, I, I sort of disagree. I uh, in just that I, I did find them sort of likable. You know, they're they're young and they're immature, but um, they weren't annoying other than that they couldn't communicate. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I'm used to. <laughs> To dealing with people who who can't communicate. So normally in our show, we ask uh, if you would watch more of this. Mm -hmm. But since we've already seen it all, um, we'll slightly modify the question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you watch the tie-in films, Mm -hmm. the two that preceded this? Okay. Or uh, if there were another season of this show, would you be interested in seeing that? Maybe maybe focused on different characters uh, or even them later in life or something. Uh, well, then I have two different answers. I wasn't actually prepared for that. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll, I'll explain it. Um, I would maybe watch the, the movie um, only because, you know, I, I would be curious to know um, if, they, if they actually did like a better animation job, if they paid attention to those things that um, I was talking about earlier, like if they do better with the music, if they do better with the art style, um, that would be my curiosity, which I could probably just do by looking at some of the photos. Um, but if there was another season of this, man, no, no, I, I, I'm actually pretty satisfied 
overall with how the series went. Um, I was able to enjoy the characters without um, hating them or thinking they're just crazy annoying. But I don't so love them that I want to experience them over and over and over again. Um, So maybe I should just round it to a no. Okay. I would say the same. Uh, My overall impression is that this is not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Unlike some of the shows we've seen, I I wasn't like clawing my eyes out waiting for it to be over. (laughs) Sure. But uh, dramatic high schoolers who make bad decisions is not (laughs) my flavor. So I think um, I I wouldn't have any interest in going back to the other movies. And unless there was a follow up that did something crazy, I wouldn't be wouldn't be particularly wanting to see it. Sure. Uh, So I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions or comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on our Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast. And you can find links for that on our website. Thank you to Crunchyroll for the nearly infinite repository of anime that you've provided and for the random button which produces those wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. Again, going to ask for that uh, random button on Verve. We would sure appreciate that. Yeah. You can follow along with us each week if you want to watch what we're watching. We'll have a link to the current title on our website as well as social media. We recommend using the bundling service called Verve at vrv.co. Uh, it gives you access to Crunchyroll, which will have all of the shows that we watch, mm-hmm. plus Funimation and lots of other great services. Thanks also to C2A for the intro and outro music of our show. Those come from the Senpai EPs, which you can find on his Bandcamp and other major streaming services. There will be links to his music in the show notes and on our website. Are you ready to roll? I'm ready. <sighs> all right, here we go. Random button in three, two, one. Uh, The show this week is Michiri Neko. (laughs) Good luck with that name. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The first episode is called Ugly slash If Pulling Doesn't Work slash Can't Get It In slash 99% slash Transmission slash Cat Pot. Why? (laughs) Why so many? I don't know. Also, the animation is very different and I'm very excited. Also, uh... Based on what I can see here, the show is very short form. Yeah. Episodes are like three and a half minutes long. Oh, I see that. So we're going to be watching a bunch of episodes. (laughs) Uh, I will post on social media when we figure out how many. (laughs) Yay. Okay. All right. I think that's it for this week. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. I'm glad I'm feeling better. Yeah. Good to be back. Ah, we missed you guys. Yeah. All right. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Freedom. Is it a kid's show? I hope so. <laughs> there is no plot. <laughs> is it? Is it a kid's show? Know. Oh, boy. <laughs>